Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Have a great good afternoon. How are you? Wherever you are. Thank you so much for dialing us up today, this Monday, January 23rd, the year 2023. Sun's out, cool, crisp temperatures. You know what we call it. It's one of those Chamber of Commerce days. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, sitting in that very enviable producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Medium, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041 thegame.com and if you happen to be in the Acadiana area you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS fiber did you miss the headlines of the day not to worry the blonde bomber has you covered here is Holtberg's headlines and then there were four. We are down now to the final four in the NFL. It'll be the Bengals taking on the Chiefs, the 49ers heading to Philly. That after those four teams got it done in the divisional round, Bengals in the snow, Joe Burrow. We're going to talk a lot about quarterback play and everything that goes with it uh, today. But Joe Burrow was absolutely sensational. The Kansas City Chiefs took care of business, but at at the expense, maybe, of Patrick Mahomes, who has one of those high ankle sprains. If you've ever had one, it doesn't come back to normal very quickly, so he will be far less than 100% when the Bengals and Burrow head to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles methodically took care of the New York football giants. Jalen Hurts looked like the Jalen Hurts of old, and they uh, combined a terrific offense with a dynamic defense. Eagles are going to be tough, tough, tough to beat in the city of brotherly love, but the only team I think that has a shot at doing so, well, they took care of business against the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers have survived and advanced to the final four. Josh Booty, the former Major League Baseball player, SEC, um, all-SEC quarterback at LSU, and then NFL player, will join us, and we'll talk about these quarterbacks. Just for me, for me, what Pat Mahomes does, what Jalen Hurts does, what Josh Allen does is outside the norm of quarterback play their ability their 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 athleticism their uh size strength speed is just it's an outlier and they are terrific at what they do but in my opinion the player who is playing the quarterback position better than anybody is joe burrow 
I'm not saying he's the most talented. I'm not saying he's the most gifted. But when you take a look at what a quarterback does, what he, how he manages a game, how he reads defenses, how he gets rid of the ball, how he finds targets uh, and moves the ball down the field and wins games, I don't think there's anybody better at all right here, right now, than Joe Burrow. I just don't. He has been absolutely spectacular. So we'll talk to Josh Foody all about quarterback play. LSU basketball, it's um, mm, 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 mm. it's been rough going, to say the very, very least. Tennessee was the latest team to beat this LSU basketball team by double figures. They're certainly a different team than they were when they beat Arkansas in the SEC opener and gave Kentucky everything they wanted, and then some. Um. They don't shoot the ball well, 29% against Auburn, 29% against Alabama in blowout losses. Uh, Tennessee is a good team that plays defense and plays it very, very hard. Um, They've got to go to Arkansas next, and that's going to be a very, very difficult road to hoe for Matt McMahon's team. But, but, um, it's going to get better. I can promise you it's going to get better. Might get a little darker before the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's going to get better. Not maybe this year, but in the years to come. So be patient with this club. They're going to get some wins down the road. They really are, but um, it's not going to happen easily right here and uh, and right now. Uh, it's just not so we'll talk to glenn west of go 247 sports in the three o'clock hour uh about some of that some of that so um yeah women's basketball back in action at coleman coliseum tonight 6 p.m tip on the sec network the tigers of kim mulkey 19 and 0 overall 7 and 0 in the sec alabama's 15 and 4 overall 4 and 2 in league play um angel reese looking to set the lsu record for consecutive double doubles the team will be looking to become just the second lsu team from any sport to begin a season 20 and 0 the 1997 LSU baseball team won its first 19 games before dropping one. So let's keep an eye out on this LSU women's basketball team. On 3.com's Mac Zenitz reports that LSU is hiring Gerald Chapman as a defensive analyst. He worked at LSU under Ed Orgeron, was Colorado's defensive line coach and interim defensive coordinator this past season. Once primetime Deion Sanders took the gig, he got rid of everybody, everybody to bring in his own staff. So Gerald Chapman coming in as a defensive analyst, he worked for the Cincinnati Bengals before his first uh, foray at LSU. So now he is coming. He's coming back. Um and hopefully he will be a, a welcomed addition. LSU, remember, lost to Mario Tolan, a linebacker, into the transfer portal. That loss was quickly eased by the signing of first-team all-Pac-12 linebacker Omar Spates from Oregon 
State. He is a step-in-and-play-right-away kind of guy, and that's the reason why LSU's transfer class is currently rated number one in the nation by 247 Sports. It's loaded with players that are talented and can get step-in-and-play-right-away, and it fills LSU's needs to a T. So job well done there. And Orleans Pelicans, 3-8 and eight in its last 11 games. It's kind of easy to put your handle on why. In that stretch, they're 27th in offense, 21st in defense. However you look at it, it has been ugly for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're the all-star duo of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram have combined to miss 48 games this season. You know, the, the gold standard for missing games are the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That tandem, they've combined to miss only 41 games. So the Pels, they need some help, and they need some help in a hurry. Williamson has a financial incentive to get back on the court sooner rather than later. He gets a significant salary hike in his next contract if he's able to make all NBA first team this season. He's not going to make it because he's not playing. Wilson Williamson's salary would be worth 30% of the team's salary cap in 2023-24 if he makes the first team. If he makes All-NBA second team or third team, his next deal would be worth 25% of the salary cap. Over the life of the five-year deal, that's a difference in tens of millions of dollars. So the Pels have to uh, get going. And get going quickly, because right now, um, this these injuries have caught up to them, and they have uh, come back down to earth, to say the least. Uh, the Lakers won last night after being down by 25 to the Portland Trailblazers. They uh, they made a furious comeback and got back in it and won it. So as we look at the standings to date, uh, the Pels, because of this um, this dropping of games back and forth, they are now solely in fourth place. Denver has the uh, number one seed, a game and a half ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies. Sacramento is in third, six games out of first. The Pels are fourth, seven games out. The Dallas Mavericks trail the Pels by a game and a half, and the L.A. Clippers by two. So right now, Pell's still in the spot, uh, number four, but um, they got to get some health. They got to get going yet again. Um, did you see what – Did you? Oh, by the way, Purdue is now the number one team in college basketball after Houston fell. Um the, the Boilermakers, number one, moving up to number two, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Houston drops to three. Tennessee is at number four in the country. So much like the SEC is in football, they've got some really, really good teams in basketball. Uh, Auburn comes in at number 15, three teams in the top 25 from the SEC. Alabama ranked number two and climbing. So uh, there you go. LSU is one, was at one point in time um, right on the outside 
looking in and now they've dropped off the face of the earth not to be said the same but lsu is ranked number one in the 2023 baseball american preseason poll that release was released today representing the tigers fourth top ranking within the last month they have already been ranked number one in the collegiate baseball perfect game and d1 baseball preseason polls according to baseball america quote the tigers sport the most talented roster in the country featuring 2022 all-americans dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, and Tommy White. Forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong. S-K-E-N-E-S. Skeens, Skenis, whatever. Tommy White. I'll get the hang of it. Last year, LSU went 40-22 and and had both the number one recruiting class and the number one transfer class during the offseason. Fall practice begins, full squad practice rather, begins Friday. And the 2023 season starts on February 17th when LSU hosts Western Michigan and Alec Box Stadium, Skip Bertman Field. LSU is one of eight SEC teams appearing in the Baseball America 2023 preseason top 25. Tennessee's number two, Florida's number three. So baseball in the SEC is stacked. All right, we'll take our first time out of the day. When we come back, we'll be talking NFL playoffs, quarterback play, and the like with the former Tiger, former NFL quarterback, Josh Booty, here on the Jordy Holtberg Show. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. Uh, That's right. You can score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab. And you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple, and it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. 18 minutes after the hour, welcome back on this Monday, January 23rd. Four teams left in the NFL pursuit of the Lombardi Award we got a lot to talk about concerning the, the divisional round and moving forward. So I thought, let me go get a guy that um, was an all-SEC quarterback at LSU, drafted, played not only NFL football, but prior to getting to LSU, played professional baseball, set all kinds of records throughout the country as a high school quarterback, um, and now just a business entrepreneur who still follows the game and does a lot of uh, talk about the NFL, and that's my good friend, Mr. Josh Booty. Josh, thanks for the time, my friend. How have you been? I am awesome, brother. I'm always fun to join you, and I miss you, buddy. I miss you. How you been? I miss you, too, but you're traveling around the country doing all kind of stuff, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I said this earlier, and look, there's no doubting uh, the, the ability of a, of a uh, Pat Mahomes and a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, those type of players. Their, their, their athleticism is just unmatched. But to me – the player who is playing the position of quarterback better than anybody is one Joe Burrow. Agree or disagree? Well, I agree. Just from, you know, watching him, of course, yesterday and 
you know, having to play on the road in a tough environment like Buffalo, you you got to, you know, remember Buffalo was the odds on favorite to win the whole thing. And they had home field advantage. And of course you got, you know, an, an evening game and in, in Buffalo there where the, you know, it got a little dark and snowy and I mean, yeah. but, but, but Burrow, you know, he's from Ohio. He gives them, <clears throat> he gives them really uh, the mentality to go in there and play in cold weather. He's used to that. Of course, he played at LSU for two seasons, but he grew up in Ohio, played at Ohio State, had a lot of cold weather games. Of course, been in Cincinnati now for three years. He's used to the cold weather, even practicing up there. I was in Ohio for three years with the Browns. Practices were were devastatingly cold. It was it was incredibly cold, you know, in Ohio and this time of year. So he was ready for that. It just he looks like he's poised. He makes the right throw, the right read every time, and you know I'm just I'm just I'm enamored at, at how well he kind of handles his business. Um, it's just unbelievable, and he's got weapons, and that coach yeah. calls a good game. I mean Taylor's great uh, play yeah. caller, and it's it's fun to watch him. Man, he's precise and and and, and in tune. It's just unbelievable. It just seems to me, Josh, that he changed the entire culture at LSU. And those players followed him and believed in him. And he's done the exact same thing in Cincinnati. He's one of those once-in-a-lifetime kind of players where the front office on down follows his lead, and they believe in him. <laughs> he, you know, he's won more playoff games already there than anybody in the history of quarterbacking in Cincinnati. Yeah. It's unbelievable when you see the numbers and what he's able to do. But, you know, there's other guys in the league that have the numbers he has. It's just it's the headiness that he plays with right. in those situations to where, you know, it, it, he's never down and out at the same time. He, he just remind, he, he looks a lot. Well, I'm sitting there with my brothers watching yesterday, and my dad was down here in Florida with us watching the playoff games. And we're like, he's kind of Brady-esque. And it's hard yes. to say that anybody can be Brady-esque because Brady said, the bar so high he said it's so high but the way he just is efficient gets the ball out it's quick even when he gets in trouble that ball's high and and, and he gets it out of his you know his delivery so it, it's just so clean in the pocket and his pocket presence i mean we could sit here and talk about him for an hour it's it, it just play after play down after yeah. down he makes a lot of good decisions and he puts the ball in great places for his receivers to make plays it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch it really is josh Moody who had to uh had to play by the mistake by the lake but uh he is in f- sunny sunny warm florida now let's take on the flip side i think you when you you analyze the the dallas cowboys versus the san francisco 49ers i know there's a lot to the game but to me it was it was mr irrelevant playing a better game than the guy with all the money in Dak Prescott. Dak didn't play well, and therefore the Cowboys lose. Is it is that fair to say? Well, you know, he turned the ball over a couple of times, and, and Purdy didn't. And that was really the, you know, key moves in the game where, you know, it was a one-score game, and they have yeah. a field goal kicker that can't make extra points, so he put him behind the eight ball a little bit early. And then you've got the, you know, the injury to Pollard, which was a that huge hurt. blow. He's going to make two or three plays in the course of a game that you know they can determine the outcome of a game. And when you lose your stud like that out of the backfield, it's a three-down back. You know that that hurts. And so when when he lost Pollard, I knew it was going to be tough 
sledding just to try to move the ball in that San Francisco defense is, I think, is the best in the league. And, and so, yeah, he made a couple of mistakes. He, he, you know, a couple of balls that he probably shouldn't have thrown. He didn't play a flawless game, but, you know, Purdy was able to, to be, you know, to be able to just kind of move the ball down the field when they needed to. They ran the ball really good in the second half. And, you know, that yeah. takes pressure off a quarterback. That's, that's a big deal. So I think it was the culmination of, of Purdy having that run game, completing enough passes to be dangerous uh, or to win and be effective, and then Dak Prescott having to do a little bit probably too much uh, in the second half and not being able to make those plays. He threw into double coverage several times. And you saw even there was a couple balls that were tipped up that didn't get picked that, you know, it, it looked like it could have gone all San Francisco in the second half. I'm with you. That poor field goal kicker. He's He ought to be thanking the Lord that that first – extra point was blocked because because that thing was going so far it was heading to the bay it was heading to the bay area it was that far left my goodness gracious and then uh, there's so many plays so many calls so many decisions that have to be made that just didn't look smart didn't look right jerry jones is out there he's not a spring chicken josh there's a coach out there that's pretty darn good and he's pretty darn good with quarterbacks does Jerry Jones pull the trigger and say, Mike McCarthy, thank you. You had a heck of a year, but we can't win the whole thing with you. I need Sean Payton. Yeah, I I, I figured you were going to go there. Um, you know, it's it's Sean Payton, of course, lived, had a house there in, in uh, West Dallas and has recently moved uh, to Manhattan Beach, California. And, you know, everybody's talking about, well, maybe the Chargers. Then the Arizona job comes up when Kingsbury, you know, they headed to Thailand. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, now we got Dallas. And, you know, they can't get over that hump. And it just, you know, it's just devastating for Cowboy fans because they think they have all the right pieces. And then you lose one like Tony Pollard suffered the broken leg, and they lose the game. And, and they were so close. And they, they still have to go on the road at Philly, which is the toughest place to play in in the world, I think. I mean, that, or especially when Philly's good, uh, their yeah. fan base is incredible. And so, I mean, he's still a little bit away from the Super Bowl, but, yeah, you know, I, I think, eh, you know, I, I think McCarthy might get another year for sure. And I don't know if Dak, yeah. you know, if Dak is, is the right fit or not. I, I like him. I know he's a leader. He's a strong kid. He, there's a lot of ups and downs in his game, and, and you can't win a Super Bowl like that. But I, I really like him as an individual. I think he's an overachiever, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. I, I know him, uh, and he's a great, great guy. But, you know, you mentioned losing Pollard, um, but then they didn't do anything different. You lose a player of that impact, you got to change things a little bit. And I thought Dak was, I don't know, you're a quarterback. It looked like he was so effective against Tampa Bay when he was rolling out and making plays uh, on the move and running. And they kept him inside that pocket the whole time. I I don't get it. I, I just didn't understand well, what was going on. It looked really conservative to me. I think the Tampa you know, defense was not near as good as the San Francisco defense. No so we've seen great Buccaneers defenses in the past yeah. two or three years. But this year, I was actually at that game. And and Dak had a lot of time to sit back there and make plays. And, and they looked really, you know, it looked really, really good. And then you get in a situation where San Francisco's defensive line is getting after you a little bit, and he can't make those types of plays that he did at Tampa. So I think that was really the difference. Is San Francisco's defense is upper, upper echelon, and Tampa's was not this year. So he – that Tampa defense got exposed and Todd Bowles, and I don't know if Todd's going to be there next year in Tampa, but yeah. 
it's uh, you know, Dak's got you know he's kind of had that pattern. He'll have a great game and then he'll have a not so good game, and and it might be the scheme. I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but that San Francisco defense is very very fast. You know, sideline to sideline, so Dak yeah. wasn't going to have a lot of running opportunities against that Niner defense. And points will be a premium. Niners versus the Eagles. We'll take a quick time out here. Uh, when we come back, you think pickleball is all the rage? No. Have you heard about Bula? Bula. I'm telling you, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about these uh, championship divisional round games that are coming up with Josh Booty here on the Jordy Helper Show. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Back and better than ever, thrilled to have Josh Booty, the former uh, All-SEC quarterback, Major League Baseball player at third base, quarterback in the NFL, and uh, and a business entrepreneur. And he's just having fun doing things. Um, before we get to what that's all about, Josh, um, you ever have a high ankle sprain in your athletic career? <laughs> Actually, I have in high school uh, several times, and you know, even in basketball, doing it, playing a little basketball. But yeah, in high school football, several times. It's 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 nothing to, uh, it, it, you know, you, you you could miss action. That's for dang sure. And I know I know a lot of these guys deal with those with those types of uh, injuries. And Mahomes uh, for sure. So yeah. this it's an interesting dynamic to the rest of the playoff run. What does that do to the? Chief? I know Andy Reid's a brilliant coach, and Mahomes is so ultra talented but it's him getting out of that pocket moving around and throwing side arms and flipping the ball that makes him pat mahomes if he's unable to do that how big of a disadvantage is that to kansas city and how much of an advantage is it to a really good cincinnati defensive team oh that's a great advantage for cincinnati you know you're right the first quarter of that ball game mahomes was like houdini making all those plays and he running around and making guys miss, avoiding the rushers, and, and finding Kelsey and other players down the field just effortlessly. It's like, whoa, you know, if he could continue to do that, it's just out of this world type of play for that at that position. But, you know, you can't do that and, and expect to get away with it time in, time out for long periods of time in the course of a ball game, and it got him, you know, and and they rolled up on him, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's significant. Uh, it really is. I think the line is, you know, is Cincinnati's favored right now, and I think that that would look a little different if Mahomes wasn't banged up. It might be yeah. one the other way or two the other way. I just – I think that really hampers his ability to make all those fantastic plays that make him, you know, an MVP candidate or the MVP. And, and you know, his numbers are unbelievable, but when you can't – run around and make those plays outside the pocket. It's like everybody's enamored with all those plays, but then when you can't do it, he's going to have to stay inside the pocket and get it all done. And it looks like that's what's going to have to happen, but he can do it that way too. He's just Mm -hmm. that dynamic. When you take that away from a player, though, it's like taking a 4-4 guy and making him a 4-6 guy. He's going to have to run routes and – you know, a wide receiver or something of that sort, you'd have to run routes and get it done a different way. So he's going to have to play real close to the best on Sunday. Or for something these eyes have never uh, witnessed on on myself, but uh, that's just the way it goes. How do you bet against Joe Burrow? He's beaten Mahomes and the Chiefs three straight. He's on fire. I, 
Cincinnati's the hottest team out there besides San Francisco. I, I don't care where they play. I don't know how you bet against Burrow. Yeah, and and KC's defense has been known to give up some points too. And of course, yeah. they beat them. You know, Burrow beat them in December, early December in Cincinnati, of course. And and he's got his number, like you said, I think three out of the four times that they've played. And it's just unbelievable that Burrow's had. Mahomes' number because no one has Mahomes' number, right? I mean, I worked with a right. seven and seven and one at home this year. The only loss was to the Bills, who were rolling at the beginning of the season. And to see Kansas City at home not favored is just unbelievable because Kansas City's first in points, first in total yards. Uh, Mahomes is going to be the MVP. Don't force right. something touchdowns, and 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 you're not favored. You know, maybe it's the bang leg, but Burrow and you know, that offense and the weapons, you know, it's just outstanding what they do. And they were in the Super Bowl a year ago. So I think the That's fact right. that they've done this before gives them a lot, uh, you know, a, a little leg up on them. So it, it'll be fun. I mean, it's the Arrowhead's another tough place to play, like playing in Philly. It's going to be loud and obnoxious, and it's going to be one hell of a game. It'll be cold in Philly for sure when San Francisco heads uh, heads there. Um, Philadelphia is really good on offense. They're really good on defense. San Fr- I-, I think points come at a premium here. Who do you like in this one and why? I like I like San Francisco until the game I saw against the Cowboys this weekend, and and the reason I like Philly now is because it, it just the balance and the power and the strength that they got on both sides of the football. And I think San Francisco's got one of the best offensive lines, if not the best in the in the world. But I think Philly on both sides of the ball, you know, at every position and with Hurts able to run and make plays, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over. I think he threw six yeah. picks all year, but he can run effectively and, and make plays. If, if he stays healthy throughout the game, I just don't know – with their balance, fifth in rushing, ninth in passing, over 400 yards a game, third in the league. I don't know, averaging 28 points a game, third in the league. I mean, and that then that defense up front. I mean, people talk about that San Francisco defensive front, but Phillies is really good, and and yeah. you know, in a total defense. So I think I just I just like them at home. I think if it was in San Francisco, I'd probably you know think San Francisco was going to win, but I like them at home. I know the line's two and a half. I guess that means San Francisco might be favored if they were in a neutral site game. But yeah. I just think being at home, you know, and Brock Purdy, can he win another one on the road like this? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Josh Booty, kind enough to join us. Um, away from football, uh, there's a new social challenge app. It's called Bula, B-U-L-A. And the, the premise is make life fun put a bula on it now you tell me the origin of this it's about daring and challenging your friends to just about yeah. anything how did this come about yeah my youngest brother jack uh actually came up with the idea to memorialize a bed on a blank canvas in a social environment for everyone to see kind of next level social a call to action social time kind of takes you uh, social to the future in terms <laughs> of of content like Everybody's into content now, and say me and you are in an LSU game, we might take a picture on the sideline like we have before and, yeah. and post it. But it's already happened, and and uh, you know everybody sees it. But it's 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 really in the past. We were thinking of where is social going to go in the future, and the only place it can go is with a challenge, a dare, a wager, something of that nature that gets you to a 
potential verdict. So think TikTok with a verdict is what Bula is. It's betting on yourself, challenging dare, waging your friends. You set it in a social environment for everyone to see. So we're taking social and moving it into this gambling arena to where you can match up and, with your buddies and go peer-to-peer action where everybody can see this action. So think Dude Perfect or Jackass or Video Gamers, Handicap, <laughs> all rolled into one. So Bula means wishing you luck or life or to have a good day. It's a, talk, a, a trash talking site, like you said. You know, Have fun. Put your money where your mouth, mouth is. We're not the sports book. We're going to take transaction fees in the future. We're building the banking around it right now so that people can get on and make real bets and money is going to be won or lost or, you know, other things you can play for pride or what, whatever you want. But, but uh, we're building this all up right now and it's going to be a lot of fun to see. We're going to have tokenization and everything. Unbelievable. Bula, B-U-L-A challenge.com. Bula challenge.com. So give me, yeah, I mean, you brothers are competitors. I mean, I understand <laughs> that. So, so give me one of those dares um, that your brother, younger brother dared you on and tell me how that oh, turned out. Oh yeah. It's like, I bet you can't get the girl's number at the bar for a drink. I mean, one of those deals, you know, and, and, you know, so it's video content that we're proposing for everyone to kind of get involved in. So, like I said, it's social and everything's content driven. So, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like the, you know, the football game. It's like, I could bet you that LSU wins 10 games next year for a hundred bucks and we'd lock it in on the blockchain. Everyone sees it and then they go, well, shoot, I like that bet. And they, they can bet you something too like that. So okay. it, there's a lot of piggyback in bets. You can, you can make a, you can make that challenge dare a wager in 10 or 15 seconds. Uh, and you know, it's like if you're on number one of uh, a golf hole, say, um, this is what we do a lot is play golf. So we'll just say, let's put a boot on it. I'll give you three strokes aside for, you know, $20 aside or 20, 20, 20 or front back mm-hmm. total. And you, you lock it in. And then now, now it, it's memorialized at a different level. There's just so many times where you actually make a bet. You'll be at a bar or on the golf course and someone won't pay up or they'll go, Oh no, that's not what I bet. Or I'll pay you later. I'll get you later. Well, we're going to lock it in and memorialize it. It's not the sports book. It's peer to peer challenges. So it's going to be mono and mono with a transaction fee. That's what we're trying to build. What was your favorite sport? I mean, you played Major League Baseball. You played NFL football. What uh, If you could only have picked one, what one would that have been? It's not even close. Football. I love it. I absolutely love it. I watch every game I can. You know, I I just – my family's a football family. My dad was a football coach. Yeah. Of course, Abram played one. there at LSU, who you know well, you know, with yeah. me and Jay at SC under Pete Carroll. And, you know, it just – it's just been a part, big part of my life, and I was always trying to get back to LSU and, and play. And it might not have been the best situation, you know, in the late '90s to be at LSU because we weren't that good of a team, and, right. and you know, it wasn't a, a passing program like where I came from or what I think of what could have been best for me. But I just love the game, man. I don't care if you throw the ball or run the ball. I just want to be a part of it. I just love the game. I think it teaches you a lot about life and baseball does too. And, you know, baseball is a long, long season. You got, you know, spring training and 162 games and winter ball, and then you do it all over again. Football seems to be a little bit more. Let's gear up for one game a week. I just like that preparation and that focus and that fan, you know, the fan interaction. I love the, I love the pageantry of of everything. And I'm sure you do too. Absolutely. Um, One last one. Um, Did you sense you got to play under Nick Saban for a year 
Did you sense that he was going to become like the greatest coach of all time? Did, did you see something in him back then? That was that's a great question. I I, I didn't know he was going to do what he's done. You know, it takes some longevity. It takes some luck. It takes being around. You know, at a good program where you have resources, but it it takes you know sheer determination and for a long time. And a guy that I knew had a big chip on his shoulder and wanted to prove to the world he could do it. I mean, that military type approach and the you know just a every day, all day, just eat, sleep, and breathe it. I mean, he would he he could just get it done, man. And he had a reason for everything we did. And he he hired great. He recruited great. He didn't sleep much. You know, he did. That's a talent. You know, a lot of coaches they just can't get in as much as he does in the course of a day. And I think yeah. that's what set him set him apart. Josh Booty, um, go check out BulaChallenge.com. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. And uh, keep living the dream, big guy, because you're, you're East Coast, West Coast. You're everywhere. I mean, it's just a dream. So keep man, it up, I'm, and thank you, for, thank you for your time. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, bud. Have a great rest of the week, and enjoy the playoff games coming up. Anytime, brother. I love you. I miss you. All right, buddy. You take care. Josh Booty here. Um, we'll take a quick time out. More to come. Stay with us. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 49 minutes. 50 minutes, rather, after the hour on this Monday, January 23rd. Of course, the biggest stories out there are the final four in the NFL, San Francisco. Um, well, first off, the Cincinnati Bengals will travel to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the first game on Sunday, followed by the NFC Championship game, the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. They're still in it, but everybody's talking about the Dallas Cowboys for whatever reason there is. And look, look, I'm not, I think Mike McCarthy obviously did a good job. I mean, he, he's already won a Super Bowl. He's done a bunch of things, but again, it's, it's late game decisions that keep popping up time and time again. Last year, they couldn't get a playoff in time. And the the final horn sounded this year. God, they had a chance to, uh, to punt the ball away, and they let like 25, 27 seconds off the clock. Call a timeout. You had three in your pocket. Use one. Stop the clock. Punt the ball. The two-minute drill is your third timeout. The two-minute warning, rather, is your third time out. I, I don't understand it. And then the last play of the game with Ezekiel Elliott playing center and everybody spread out wide, um, it's masterful if it works. It's foolish if it doesn't, and it didn't, so it looks foolish. Jerry Jones, the owner, can do whatever he wants. He's got more money. He's got more power. He can do whatever he wants. But I really believe in his heart of hearts, not only does he want another Super Bowl, but he needs another Super Bowl. If he runs it back again the same way, how is he expecting anything differently? 49ers aren't going anywhere. Eagles aren't going anywhere. There's other teams coming up. I mean, you're going to put your faith and trust in that group yet again? 
Uh, I just don't get it. I'm telling you, I, it, I don't know if he can get Sean Payton. I don't know if Sean Payton wants to go there. But, man, I'd certainly give it a try. You got to get your quarterback right. And Kellen Moore, I, I don't know. I don't know. Can can Sean Payton coexist with Jerry Jones? Hey, look, $20, 25000000 million, you can coexist anywhere. Anywhere. Um, I just I, I wouldn't count it out. It appears that Sean Payton's going for a second interview with with Denver. And that that uh, appears to be the front runner if Sean Payton does, in fact, get back into coaching. Um, he, that appears to be the front runner. But, man, if I'm Dallas you and I'm Jerry Jones, he, he, you know, he's, he's playing with his legacy. And I don't know. I would certainly run it up the up the totem pole. I'd give him a call and say, hey, "Look, what do you think?" I really would. I really would. Meanwhile, Mattress Mac had some advice for Dak Prescott. Um, he lost two million dollars when the Cowboys lost nineteen twelve to the Forty ers yesterday. So Jim McInvale, the Houston furniture magnate, who placed two separate one million dollar bets on the Cowboys money line at the Caesars Sportsbook at the Horseshoe Casino in Lake Charles, fine establishment by the way, he stood to profit three and three point three five million if the Cowboys won. Well, instead, quarterback Dak Prescott threw those two interceptions, failed to mount any touchdown drives in the second half, and Mac posted a video with some advice for the quarterback he goes quote hey Dak mattress Mac here I just lost two million but I've got some advice for you get rid of that sleep number mattress and get a Tempur-Pedic you'll get much better results so selling furniture big guy that's how mattress Mac is able to to make those bets and the last one prior to this one was that 75 million dollar winning ticket when his hometown Astros won the World Series including 30 million on a 10 to 1 bet at Caesars Sportsbook so he's coming to Louisiana he's placing bets it's a win-win for us it's a win for him because he's selling furniture left and right and down the middle but the Dallas Cowboys are going Going home, I would seriously not be shocked at all. Despite the fact that Jerry Jones said, "Does this?" When asked, "Does this change any of your views on Mike McCarthy after losing this game?" and he goes, "No, no, no, we're sick, sick, sick." Somewhere in the back of my mind, he's going, "I gotta believe he's going." Can I win this thing with this quarterback and this head coach and this offensive coordinator? I got him stuck with the quarterback. I've paid him so much money. And he paid that money thinking he was going to get performance equitable to that investment, but he just hasn't gotten it. Dak had not the greatest of years, and he certainly on the biggest stage didn't play well at all. Purdy outplayed him. And everybody's talking about Purdy being this system quarterback, and yes, he is. And Kyle Shanahan's a much better play caller than Kellen Moore. Is Kyle Shanahan better than Sean Payton? Mm, they're kind of right there neck and neck, I would think. Think about it. Think about it, Jerry. But um, you, can't, you can't get rid of the quarterback. You're stuck. You're stuck. 
Um, and this is his make or break year coming up. I would go, I would pursue Sean Payton with everything I open the checkbook and say, Hey, you want control? You got control. I'm still going to do my radio show, my radio interviews, because that's me and I can do what I want. So Jerry's going up against the Walton money in Denver. And Denver's asking for another interview and they're going to fly Sean to Denver. Um, he's meeting with Carolina today. So we shall see. The Sean Payton saga rolls on. Coming up, our number two of the program, uh, Glenn West will join us. We'll talk about um, LSU basketball, men's and women's, LSU football, and L- we'll talk all things LSU, including uh, the team with the uh, with the uh, bullseye on their back, LSU baseball. Ev- not just one, not two. Everybody's picking them as the team to beat in Omaha. So we'll discuss that. And Blake Rafino will join us a little bit later. Uh, just what does that transfer portal do to the fortunes of LSU football in 2023? Those stories and more coming your way in our number two. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. Uh, James Mesh back in the master control suite. We got 60 minutes down, 60 minutes to go. We hope you stick around. We'll be right back. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two and away we go. If you missed anything uh, in our first hour, we had a nice conversation with Josh Booty, the former Ranger League baseball player, uh, all SEC quarterback at LSU had uh, a brief stay in the NFL. Uh, he talked about all the um, the NFL playoffs. We're down to four, and it'll all be on Sunday. The Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco at Philadelphia. Um, four really good teams, uh, four really good defenses. Um I think Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in foot, playing the position of quarterback better than anyone else. Pat Mahomes, a high ankle sprain. How effective will he be? Hmm. The jury uh, is out on that. Um, I've had an high ankle sprain, but it was a long, 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 long time ago. So um, we'll have to wait and see uh, on that. So... Uh, time will tell, uh, but we, it's time to talk about LSU, um, basketball has suffered yet another loss and it's, uh, it's gotten a little ugly, a team that can't shoot the ball very well, um, playing against really, really good teams. And they lost their last on Saturday to Tennessee, 77 to 56, um, a game where, team that I played on the 79 SEC champs were honored they brought back the old uniforms but they just couldn't shoot it again they they shot it better than they had in their prior games but only 44 shots on the goal and um, turnovers were uh, abundant so 
Uh, that's not 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 a winning formula by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, Matt McMahon's a really good coach. He's a really good guy, and uh, it's just going to take some time. It just is. But they're playing against upper echelon teams uh, that are well coached. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, look, KJ Williams is all you got. You got sixteen points. Trey Hannibal came off the bench, had 10. Uh, nobody else in double figures. Only 44 shots at the hoop. 19 turnovers on the night. And those turnovers lead to just too many, too many points. Um, and that's just, that's all she wrote. So a team that doesn't have uh, as much talent as you would, would hope um, has got to shoot the ball well. And they aren't. And because of that, they're struggling. And as uh, Matt McMahon said, it's kind of telling. He said, I think you have a team that is devastated right now. Devastated. And that's it. He says, not from today, but just the last couple of weeks and the totality of where we're at right now. And unfortunately, this is part of the process we signed up for. So you will see that fans will jump off, check out, right off the season. And that uh, Pete Maravich Assembly Center is going to be have less and less fans. And it's just just the nature and the reality that is. That is, it's a completely different club, and I don't have the answer. I've tried and st- thought about it, and looked at it, and tried to tried to figure it out. But a team that played so well against Arkansas in a win, so well in a loss to Kentucky, and after that, they have just fallen off the face of the earth. So, um, yes. You're playing against a league that is unforgiving. Uh, but but they have some games. They can win against South Carolina. They can win against Vanderbilt. Uh, how many wins they're going to end up with, I don't know. Uh, time will tell. But of all the new hires, this is going to be the toughest because this is a coach that came in that didn't have anything. And this is no offense to a KJ Williams or a Trey Hannibal or players like that. They're good players, but um, there's a lot more good players in the SEC than, than they were playing at Murray State. There's a whole bunch more. This is a different, different beast. So um, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, Glenn West covers LSU for 247 Sports, and he's kind enough uh, to join us now. Glenn, thank you for the time, buddy. How are you? Hey, Jordy, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I apologize. Absolutely. I just, uh, lost, um, lost control of my phone. <laughs> that's okay. Men's basketball, uh, more of the same. Uh, they just kind of fight through it. What was your take when when uh, Matt McMahon said uh, what we have here is a team that is devastated right now about the totality of where they are right now i can understand that what was your viewpoint of it yeah i think it's very accurate and you can kind of see it on their faces right now i mean they just they don't have a ton of confidence in what they're doing um you know i think you know when you lose a couple in a row you you don't really lose confidence but when you lose you know five six in a row and it becomes a growing trend and 
you're just struggling in so many areas right now, particularly to score the ball offensively. Uh, they just they just look like a team that's really hurting right now, and uh, you know I, they, they're not a very deep group either. So like you know it's just it's, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be really hard for them to kind of claw their way out of this. We knew coming in that this was going to be the hardest part of their schedule. It's going to be the worst part of their schedule, and so uh, the fact that they're kind of going through these growing pains right now, we'll see if it makes them stronger in the end. But uh, there's no doubt this is a group that's you know losing confidence by the game and. Uh, that's just something they're going to have to try to correct. And uh, I mean, you were on a lot of really successful teams. I don't know. Did you guys have to go through anything like this before? Never, never. Um, no, no. I, I so I don't know. Never in my life have I gone. Did I go through something like this in in any endeavor of sport that I took took part of? Um, so I don't know how they're doing. You got to wonder where their confidence is. And but do you still see? energy hustle fight in this team oh sure yeah absolutely and i think that that's the one thing that you know that can you know mcmahon's been pretty consistent in his kind of wording to the to the media is that he thinks that they're showing great effort and uh i think it's just right now it's coming down to just to skill to be quite frankly and lsu just hasn't been able to keep up with some of the blue bloods in the sec but i mean they they started to show a little bit of confidence, I think, in the second half. They, uh, you know, they shot 61% on their twos in that game on Saturday, um, and a, a lot of their success came in the second half. Maybe that's something that they can grow on around the rim. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Reed had a nice game for them, uh, but they just they don't have a ton of uh, experience in terms of this level of, of competition that they're facing right. night in, night out. I mean, Derek Fountain and is pretty much the only guy. Uh, who's in the rotation right now, who has played significant SEC ball before. Uh, Trey Hannibal has played some at South Carolina, but not to this level uh, in terms of his playing time. So they just right. don't have a ton of guys uh, who have gone through this before, who know what to expect night in, night out. And I think it shows uh, in just some of the uh, kind of nuanced you know, just performances from these SEC teams. No offense to Murray State, but they're not playing – Night in, night out against this caliber and this level of play, it's it's a whole different beast. Meanwhile, on the flip side, uh, trying to go twenty and zero tonight, Kim Mulkey's Lady—they don't call them Lady Tigers anymore. Uh, Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers taking on Alabama. I, I, still, Alabama's tough place to play, but um, Angel Reese trying to go twenty straight double doubles. Um, they, how do you weigh in the factor of the last game LSU played against Arkansas? Finally, somebody uh, took them down to the wire. I thought it was the best thing that could happen to this team. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened. You know, just in terms of facing some adversity. Uh, kind of who you're going to lean on late in these kinds of games. Uh, I thought Flojay Johnson hit some uh, key free throws at the end of that one. Uh, she went seven of nine from the floor in that game, so she's uh, you know, obviously someone that they can count on in those big games in those big moments. Uh, but I think it's all going to come down to Angel Reese. I mean, she is just uh, she's 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 having a just a, a national player of the year caliber season. I don't I don't see her in a lot of the national player of the year conversations, but she should be. Um, is she not? And yeah, yeah. And she's just she's just not right now. And for for whatever reason, I don't I don't know what that reason is, but uh, she has been absolutely sensational. 
um, you know, 30 and 19 this last game against Arkansas. They needed every bit of her production uh, to pull away with that win. But yeah, I mean, this is a team that I think, you know, for the first time got battle tested in a late game, uh, in a game late. And I think they, they responded well down the stretch. And so um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen tonight against Alabama, but uh, you do have some some good opponents coming up. I think yeah. uh, I think Tennessee's been a little bit better this year, and um, you know, Texas A and M's coming up on the schedule before the South Carolina game. So uh, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of positives I think you can take out of going through a game like that. Have you ever seen a team where across the board they are ranked number one by everybody, like this LSU baseball team going into this season? Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. And, and look, I, I, you know, they, they the, the approach that LSU baseball has had this year uh, has just been uh, tremendous all off season. I think they, they they knocked it out of the park with their recruiting. They brought in some really great pitching staff, uh, guys who are going to really help their weekend rotation. Um, but the biggest thing they've done, uh, I think, is really established that foundation in year one under Coach Johnson, and you can see it uh, in the players and the way that they're acting and the way that they're talking about this season you know you wouldn't know that this is a team that's the preseason number one in four different national polls and that there's so many of these guys that are viewed as mlb prospects and high draft picks i mean they just they go about their business every day i mean i've been walking by uh the the stadium or the alex box after basketball games and the lights are on over there late at night and they're getting extra hitting sessions in so uh, I mean, they're they're just really locked in and focused. I think on a really great year, and uh, I think it would be. I mean, at this point, you know, you can never you know count on injury bugs and stuff like that. But uh, this is a team that has Omaha and national championship contender yeah. written all over it. No question about it. Hey, look, I can't get you for only this amount of time. Is there any chance we can take a break and come back and talk for to sure. you a little bit longer? Is that okay with you? Absolutely. All right, we'll continue with um, Glenn West of 247 Sports after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day? The help you need can be found inside the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free it's simple so go sign up today don't agree with what jordy has to say not to worry he's always open to a healthy debate well dean i'm, I'm glad that you asked that actually question. i'd like to jump in and take that one jimmy if you don't mind have at it boss. give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 now back to more of the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station 
a thrill to be able to keep our guest on a little bit longer, but uh, I didn't get him enough time to talk with Glenn West of uh, Go247 Sports, uh, who covers LSU and calls co- covers all of them. Hey, what, what did you think of those throwback unis Saturday when the Tigers came out to honor that terrific 79 team? Yeah, I'd say that was probably the uh, the highlight of the afternoon, to be honest with you. There wasn't, uh, wasn't a whole lot there in that first half in particular to be proud of, other than the, the fact that they look pretty cool running up down the court in those throwback jerseys for sure. I gotta find mine. I can't. I couldn't be there. My daughter had a volleyball tournament, which they won the championship of out in Foley, Alabama. That was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday extravaganza. So I wish I could have been there. Um, and so my condolences on that. But um, I gotta find my uni. If not, I'm gonna have to call the company up and call Nike up and see how I can get one with the number twenty on it. But that's neither here uh, nor there. So, it, it, look, I, I'm a firm believer in Matt McMahon. I think he's got a really good plan. I think he's a really good coach. He's just got to go get players. Um, how How is his recruiting going so far to get ready? And so much will happen with the portal, I know, so it's probably premature. But how is his recruiting stacking up? Yeah, so they've taken a couple swings at some big players, and they've um, they've come up short on, on a couple of the big prospects they've gone after in this next recruiting class. Uh, right now, they're expected to bring in Corey Chest, who's the uh, number one player in Louisiana, a really talented uh, forward. Um, and, uh, and and I think you know he's going to be a guy that could be a part of the foundation for this program moving forward. But uh, you, you you you're exactly right when you say that they're going to have to hit the portal hard again. Uh, that's that's kind of where this thing's trending, at least for next year. They're going to have to dip in and uh, see if they can't get younger. Uh, in the portal while also trying to fill some needs. Uh, I think, you know, the one big thing that you want to see this group uh, go after are more traditional uh, bigs, uh, some guys that can protect the rim, uh, grab right. rebounds for you, and then also maybe a, a point guard who can initiate yes. the offense. Um, you know, they have, they have some shooting right now, but, um, you know, just, just the inconsistency uh, that, that has really – really been the bugaboo for LSU the last several weeks. And so uh, if you can get somebody to fill in next to Cam Hayes, uh, next to Adam Miller, if you can get him to return next year, uh, somebody who can get those guys open looks by taking it to the basket and creating, uh, I think that's probably your best bet in what you're looking yeah. at in the portal. Point guard point guard solves a lot of problems, man. You can penetrate and that defense collapses. You can kick it out. Those open shots – They'll start to fall. Um, I'm with you 100%. So, so we shall see. Um, gymnastics had a good one. Um, they finally got their first victory of the night um, against Missouri. Uh, Haley Bryant, uh, a perfect 10 on the vault. Well, she's good, huh? She's really good. Yeah, she is very good. Um, I think, uh, I believe Kaya Johnson, her younger sister, is on this roster as well. She's playing well. Um, but, you know, losing Johnson early in the year really hurt uh, LSU. Mm-hmm. They really kind of struggle, I think. Uh, you know, I think they've lost you know, four or five game, uh, four or five matches so far. And uh, they just got back in the win column against Missouri, which was good to see. But uh, you certainly like, I mean, a lot of the talent that's on this roster, but uh, certainly health has been, I think, a question mark for them so far. And uh, hopefully they can get some of those uh, young ladies back uh, quickly. Are they still uh, are they still drawing big numbers? 
I I am not entirely sure. I haven't caught a match this year. Uh, I I imagine they do. They always turn out big crowds uh, for gymnastics meets, and so uh, wouldn't be surprised. I actually don't know the answer to that question, though. <laughs> okay. Well, now I, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're doing pretty well to say the least. Um, you know, if basketball starts to lose, uh, you'll start hearing crickets, and that's it. If they if they continue, it's going to be tough to get crowds there. Um, but women's basketball, I mean, that's a that's a legitimate, I think, legitimate Final Four team. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, a team that, uh, you know, you play the first two games at your own venue. So, uh, man, I, I think they can go a long way. I really do. Yeah, I mean, they have all the pieces. I think they have some good veteran leadership in there. Um, you know, Coach, Mul- Coach Mulkey really hit the, the transfer portal hard and got some really great players, obviously, in Angel Reese. But, uh, I mean, even going back to, to last year and, and what they were able to get in Alexis Morris, you see her coming around and, and being a really big part of this team. And, um, you know, I, I just really like the makeup. I think they, uh, they understand um, that they have a really special group here. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, it's true they haven't played, I guess, the stiffest in terms of schedule yet. But um, I think, you know, this last game was really important for them. I think, uh, you know, as you move forward, Tennessee's a team that's really starting to catch on. I think they're undefeated in league play right now, and you have them – uh, coming up in the next week or so, so you're going to get you know a little bit stiffer competition here as the you know January kind of comes to a close, and certainly as February uh, you know starts to uh, open up with with the South Carolina game that everyone seems to be penciled in uh, already. So yeah, I, I just I think they 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 have a really great chance to go deep this year, and you know for women's basketball, the biggest thing you want to see is just uh, can you get into that elite elite status where you're winning games. Uh, you know, winning seasons consistently and right. getting into that 25, 26, 27 game range where you can compete with the blue bloods uh, of the yeah. sport because it really is uh, a blue blood dominated sport. Very rarely do you see programs uh, kind of make those Cinderella runs in women's basketball. He is Glenn West, go to four seven sports. Um, for those that don't know, just tell them the popularity of baseball with LSU. They had their first pitch banquet. Uh, how was the attendance for that thing? Yeah, so they had probably, I would say, close to a thousand people there yesterday. <laughs> uh, the Crown Plaza Hotel uh, in Baton Rouge. They had a big banquet ceremony hall uh, for this thing, and I mean, former players. I mean, you had Alex Bregman, Kevin Gosman. Uh, uh, Mikey Matuk and, and Antoine Duplantis were just a couple of the players that were there that I saw, um, and, and there were uh, several more. But also, I mean, just the the fan base is just so excited about this team, and uh, mm-hmm. deservedly so. They have a great roster, and uh, I think yesterday it was just great for us as media members to kind of go in there and kind of see the uh, the fan reception for this group, the the excitement around this group. Um, I think it's something that they all recognize in the program that they have a chance to be uh, pretty special this season. And so uh, you know, we, they get started here on Friday, you know, first first game in until February 17th, but have the big media day here on Friday where we get to talk to all the players and Coach Johnson kind of get a feel for them and how they're uh, really approaching a season where a lot is expected for of them. LSU's never had a problem with the bats. Um and Jake Johnson recruited a lot of arms. If he can find about four or five of those bad boys, this team is going to be really, really tough to beat. But you look at the rest, there's like seven or eight teams in the top 
12 or 13 <laughs> in the country uh, residing in the SEC. So we're number one, Tennessee's number two, and on and on and on it goes. So, man, you talk about a beast. That's a beast. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get your you're you're gonna be battle tested by the time postseason gets around for sure. And I think that's a good thing for this team. Um, you know, you come in with all this hype, you wanna you wanna play against the best, and that's what I think you know lies here in the SEC. And so you got Texas A and M, you got Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, all those all those series are are are, uh, are the A and M series away, but the Arkansas and the Tennessee series are at home. Uh, you, you know, you get you, you get uh, uh, Kentucky at home. I mean, they they got a lot uh, uh, of great teams coming into the box this year. They're going to have some really tough road series. You know, at Ole Miss is going to be a tough one. Um, yep. But this is going to be a group that is going to be well battle tested by the end of this thing, and I think is going to be uh, better for it. And, you know, even if you have to take some lumps along the way, I think that they're uh, they're going to be a, a really great, great, great postseason team. It ought to be a lot of fun. Uh, Glenn West, go to four seven sports. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your week. And I greatly appreciate it. And uh, let's see if we can get uh who it's going to be tough Tuesday at Arkansas. That's going to be bad, man. It's going to be bad <laughs> anyway. Uh, better days to come, but thank you as always, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, Glenn West. Go to four seven sports. We'll keep the train on the LSU side of the tracks. We'll talk football when we return with Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. Is this linebacker they picked up the piece to the puzzle that LSU's defense needed? And rumblings are there's some coaching changes coming on the LSU front. We'll delve into that and more. Stay with us. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, let's have some fun. 34 minutes after the hour on this Monday, January 23rd. We know it's the Bengals versus the Chiefs, the 49ers versus the Eagles. So somebody from LSU is going to win themselves a a Super Bowl ring. Um, And uh, that will be terrific. Speaking of LSU, we bring in our authority from the RU Serious podcast, the one and only Mr. Blake Rafino. Back after a week off last week. I'm glad things are good, my friend. How are you? Doing good, Jordy. How are we doing? I'm doing terrific. It's a beautiful day. And uh, I, I had to get your level of excitement when the portal announced or LSU announced that through the portal, uh, first team all Pac-12 linebacker Omar Spates from Oregon State is coming to LSU. How big of a deal is that? Well, I, I think it's a, a big deal in, in two major facets. Number one, Obviously, he goes out there and he starts at linebacker for you so some of these younger guys can get up to speed. But number two, Jordy, I think, and and probably the biggest thing, is that there's always a plan. Right. And and so when something bad, quote-unquote, happens, you're always able to go back out and execute. And really and truthfully, it's made me get to a, a place where Personally and professionally, if something happens, I have a pretty good idea that Brian Kelly's going to figure something out. And listen, for as much flack as 
this coach has taken. Brian Polian has been all over the place, George. From evaluating portal talent to getting guys in here, he's been fantastic. So I know that special teams have been an issue, but at the same token, he's completely redeemed himself in a way from these portal grabs uh, that he's getting. Gotcha. It's been quiet on the coaching front. Today, um, On3.com's Matt Zenith is reporting that LSU is hiring Gerald Chapman as a defensive analyst. He was at or he was at Colorado as a defensive line coach. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Deion Sanders comes in. He's cleaning house, as is expected. But he was um, on Ed Orgeron's staff at one point in time. Yeah. Now he's coming back as an analyst. Um, any thoughts on that? Um, speaking of polling really quickly, I'm really interested, Jordy, that Grand Valley State job's open. See, I think LSU fans should pay attention to that. But I think it's, wait, wait. Speaking of who? Uh, Brian Polian. We were talking about no oh. coaching news, or you know, coaching news. Right. Just to the listeners, Brian Polian is up for the Grand Valley State job. Uh, so we might not, you know, LSU's been pretty easy with not getting anybody plucked. Uh, but just to be on the safe side, Joy, I think that could be announced for that job, you know, now until the next six to 12 hours. Uh, hmm. But bringing Joe back, I think, is a big deal. Uh, Jordy, he, he, he's been a big deal from from in reference to being a technician, being a guy that's under the school of Pete Jenkins, uh, very well regarded in a sense. Uh, so, again, another staff member who who has called plays before now Jordy is just an analyst. That makes seven. So uh, the seven analysts that they've had, they've either been a head coach somewhere or they've called plays at a G5 or P5 level. That's a pretty big deal uh, because when you're in practice, when you're in season, those analysts are breaking down film to help you out if you don't have the time. They know what they're looking for, and I think that that's why you see, Jordan, you know, Orson talked about that this a lot, but I don't know if he executed it on it as, as greatly as, as Kelly has in the sense of, like, the things that you knew that you could attack for, a.k.a. Alabama. So they've done some really good things, I think, on both sides of the ball. Now you're adding depth. I think Joe coming in is a pretty big, pretty big addition, all puns intended. I'm with you. Um, you mentioned Brian Polian. Um, I'd heard some yep. rumblings that gears are in motion for uh, an LSU special teams coaching kind of a shakeup here or there. If Polian does not get that head coaching gig, do you think he still is the special teams coach or is he uh, the head of recruiting and doing something else with along with that? I do not believe he'd be technically moved. But I think what happened is there'd be more of an emphasis on Brian Kelly being involved in special teams. I don't no, I don't I don't at the current that's tough, Jordy, because there is too many rumblings behind that and you're mm-hmm. right. I just I, per, here's an opinion. The opinion that I have is I don't see him being moved from that because I think that they would have already done that, right? Okay. What are you? You're not LSU's not going to wait on Brian Polian in Grand Valley State. 
So for that purpose alone, unless there's somebody in the league that's still coaching special teams, then they're not making. Then they haven't made a move. I, I to to your question or point, I don't personally feel that they will. But I also think that he's done some things that I think special teams will get better. Though, I think he's got more depth now. I think that you know when you're having to run out starters out there at times, it has not been a good thing. You know, Jordan, what's crazy if you take away the Malik neighbors drop punts, the Jack Bass drop kickoff, and the block extra point at Florida. Did you know that LSU ranked second in the country and special teams efficiency pro football focus put out? Like, so pro football focus puts out like all of the blunders, like block kicks wow. or muff punts or stuff like that. So when they do something like that, that gives you a better understanding of when executed properly what it looks like. So LSU actually, from a from a yards perspective, with Jay Bramblett, I mean, people forget that uh, uh, Noah Kane actually later in the part of the season when he was returning kicks, Jordy, re- returning kickoffs when he did return them at 27.7 yards or something of that nature, 27 yards per kick return, which is pretty massive it, when you think about it. He had two against, uh, I think, Alabama. He had one or two against Purdue. He had one against Georgia that ultimately came up in the LSU scoring drive. So I I don't know if they're going to move him off that yet. But I do think that there's going to be more of a concerted effort to if Brian Kelly doesn't give him help, that there might be one or two specific analysts that do. Okay, that makes sense. That was, uh, they, I mean, they were dead last. I know it's a mouthful, Jordy, but my question to you would be, like, there are so many rumors behind that. What are they yeah. waiting for? You know what I mean? Yeah, it went, you know, what, what's the old cliche where there's uh, smoke, there's fire, um, and I'm hearing <laughs> too much about it. And and I'm wondering if Brian Kelly said, man, you know, you really ought to go try and get that uh, coaching job um it would be good for you maybe brian's picking up the phone didn't didn't brian kelly coach there way back in the day he did and and look i i will tell you i think that there could be something behind that you know ultimately but then when you have brian pulling and did with doing with jordan he's completely over the transfer point Completely. Oh, I know. So, I know. So it's a so, it's a darned if you do, darned if you don't. So what do you weigh more? Right. You know, recruiting's everything. I can get you help right. with special teams, but if he were to go, who do you think would take over as the uh, head of recruiting? I mean, I think you've got a good one, in Frank, that could do it, but I don't mm-hmm. know if Frank wants to. I mean, Frank Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, he he would probably be the the ultimate go to, but I I, I I here's what I know: Brian's not so much Brian Pullian's not so much in reference to the recruiting guy as much as he is the evaluator of talent, right? So like you go and get a three star wide receiver and Kyle Parker, who Jordy, quite honestly, I'm just going to be let's just call it what it is: the kid's going to come in here and he's going to shake some things up now, okay? They're already talking about him being on kick return. So, 
I just think that there's an interesting dynamic there and a loyalty there from Brian Kelly to Brian Polian. I don't yeah. think it would be a big deal if he left, though, if that makes sense. Like, I think it would be a, you know, oh, thanks for your service, but I don't think it would be. Now, the question would be is do you put, you know, how much is, uh, you know, a former LSU special teams coach, how much would he be willing to come back? So, just throwing that out there. Who is that? Well, he was under orders, Ron, and his last name's McMahon, and I'm not talking about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, gotcha. Well, we'll see. Um, look, I, I think Polian obviously knows what he's doing and has a great rapport with athletes to get him to come here. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, special teams, that's a whole different deal. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Brian, and maybe he did. I don't know the nuances. I'm surprised Brian Kelly, if if he didn't, why he didn't get more involved quickly with special teams last year. Um and if he did, well, maybe that's not the answer either. Maybe they need some outside help. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's an interesting question. You know, I, I sit back and think, like, you know, so for an example, Jordy, like the, the blocked extra point against Florida State, I don't mean this in a wrong way. That's Anthony Bradford's fault. Right? Yeah. I mean, like you're yeah. taught to, to step in from the beginning. But I agree, he needed to get a little bit more involved there in the beginning, which when he did, you know, the Clayton kids are returning uh, punts. You didn't have any any blunders in the return game. After Jack Besh was out, and then you had Noah Kane back there. So they did a lot better. And I will tell you that Jay Blamblett was probably a special team saver, savior in a lot of ways because his net yards per punt, or one of the best in the country when it comes to field position. So, look, they did bad, but they didn't do as bad as some people would believe in retrospect. I mean, Jordan, they had four turnover-worthy plays. Yeah. Okay, one I'm of them went for six. Okay, now is that a lot? Yes. But the average around the country is seven and a half per season. So you're still below. you're still below that mark. Now, you want to have zero, and I get that, okay? But, you know, I, I just don't think he's as bad as some people believe is what I'm talking about. I agree. I agree. Coach is coach. Players got to make plays. We shall see. Real quick, who you got going to the Super Bowl? Bengals and, and Eagles. I don't I'm think Brock Purdy is going to be able to go into Philly and beat them, and I will never bet against Joe Burrow as long as – as long as I have breath in my lungs. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Well said. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, George. See you next week, buddy. Uh, you got it. We'll be right back. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 51 minutes after the hour on a gorgeous, gorgeous Monday, January 23rd. The Pelicans floundering um, 
They have a three-game homestand. They play the Denver Nuggets tomorrow, the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday, and the Washington Wizards on Saturday. Today, head coach Willie Green said that Brandon Ingram, holy cow, went through a full five-on-five practice, and they are, quote, hopeful, close quote, that he will play during this three-game homestand. That would be great. Najee Marshall went through half of practice, and they'll wait to see how he feels after that. And Zion Williamson is going to get imaging this week on his hamstring. So maybe, just maybe, we'll get this team back together in full in totality, and then we can see what this team is all about because the trade deadline starts coming up February 9th, and if the Pels are healthy, they, they, they could use a rim protector, an athletic rim protector. They could use a another three-point shooter. Um, yeah, they, they, there's some oppor- opportunities out there. Devontae Graham's got to go. He's got to go. He's just got to go. Jackson Hayes, I'm sorry. You're not consistent enough. You got to go, period. And they got to package that, maybe a pick, and get somebody in here because the time is now. Uh, Nuggets, that's going to be tough. You can beat the Timberwolves. You can beat the Wizards. Then you got to go to Milwaukee. Oh, God. You got to go to Denver and play in that altitude. And then you got to go to uh, to Dallas where uh, the Pels never win. Never win. So these games get tougher and tougher and tougher along the way. Uh, Got to get this team back healthy again. Healthy. They they had a big lead against the Heat, and they fell apart in the second half. Got blown out by the Magic. Got blown out before that by Miami. So you look ahead. I mean, you know, you gotta you got to win two out of three in the homestand. Got to win two out of three. Then you go on the road, man, um, you hope to get one out of three on the road. You you tell me who you're going to get it against. Milwaukee, Denver, Dallas. Well, you got a better record than Dallas, but oof. then Saturday, February 4th, the Lakers come to town. You got to beat them. The Kings come to town. You got you to beat them. You got to beat the Hawks. You got to win those three, period. Um, so... A lot of opportunities ahead. Uh, Time will tell, but there's good news, relatively good news on the injury front. It appears, in theory, that these guys are getting better, and we may sooner rather than later have everybody on the same page together. And then pull the trigger, make one deal, get one more player that's going to help you, and then let her rip and let her run. And we'll go from there. Don't forget LSU women's basketball tonight um, at Alabama. Alabama's a three-point shooting team. If they're hot, they'll be in it. If not, LSU will roll. Will roll. If they stay out of foul trouble, if they stay healthy, period. You got to hit some outside shots, LSU, so they come challenge you, so then you can get the ball down to Angel Reese. But anything off the glass, she goes. she's like the Hoover vacuum cleaner. Just sucks it up. Zoop, gets it. Zoop, got it. Mine, mine, mine. She has a knack on the board. She's really, really good, um, to say the least. All right, let's see. Uh, if today is your birthday, January 23rd, 
Well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Hope you have some cake, some ice cream, maybe even a present or two. Today, you share yours with uh, what a great player. Um, 52 years young, Kevin Mawai. What a player. <laughs> what a player. Yeah, terrific. And a good dude, too. A good dude. Um, tomorrow, we'll have a lot more. We'll we'll recap what we think will be LSU women's 20th win in 20 attempts. Um, we'll preview the Pels and the Nuggets. We'll have a report on that in the very latest on the injury front. Uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us. We'll have the latest on Sean Payton um, and anything that may happen. Uh, we'll talk the big word coming out of Green Bay is that they're pretty close to acknowledging that they're going to make a trade and that Aaron Rodgers will no longer be a Packer. Those are the reports coming out of Green Bay and Lambeau Field. We'll see about that. So we'll have a lot of NFL talk. We'll get Bob's thoughts on the um, the NFC and the AFC championship games. And, uh, again, I think Joe Burrow is the best at playing that position. He's not the best athlete. He's not most talented, but he's playing that position better than anybody else in football, and that's why I want him rather than these other guys. I just want him. He's got a little bit of Joe Willie Namath in him. He's got a little bit of Tom Brady in him, all wrapped up in a Joe Burrow body. They're even sell even selling king cakes in Cincinnati with the the Joe baby. The Joe baby. It's just it's I mean, he has changed the entire franchise, just like he changed the entire environment at LSU. Winners win. Joe Burrow wins. Special thanks to Josh Booty, uh, Glenn West, Blake Rafino. Thank you to James Mesh, thanks to all of you for tuning in today in whatever form or fashion that you did. Radio, internet, television, we thank you. Our partners, hey, appreciate you. We couldn't get it done without you. So uh, tomorrow we'll be back. We hope better than ever. Two to four on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then. I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and please be happy. So long, everybody.